maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. And maybe there is a calling that I'm ignoring. And that is why this keeps happening to me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm Stephanie Zamora. And today we are here with Rhonda Daniels, who is the CEO of Natural Radiant Life, which is clean, organic, effective skincare products. They are amazing. I have had the honor of sampling some of them. They smell great. I just absolutely love them. And Rhonda is going to share her incredible journey throughout her life and career of how she ended up doing work that she absolutely loves with two of her very good friends. So Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm excited and honored to be on here and have an opportunity to talk a little bit about this journey that has been interesting. (laughs) I had to pick one word. (laughs) Definitely. I would love to start with you sharing just a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So I am a Chicago native, born and raised, and I left to go away to school, went to Florida A&M University undergrad, and then I went to Penn State for grad school. I moved home for two years. That was over 20 years ago. I have not left yet. (laughs) So I am now working on my exit strategy to get at least to be a snowbird. That's my, that is my goal. I have that on my vision board and I had a super opportunity this year to live the snowbird life. I went to Florida for a month in February, so I got a taste of it. I like the taste of it. It works very well for me. (laughs) But uh, yeah, as you said, I am now CEO of Natural Radiant Life. It is my life's dream to be doing this. So I wake up every morning with gratitude in my heart. And uh, first words are thank you for this opportunity to do what I do. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it wouldn't be easy anywhere. So why not let the challenges come for something that I've created and that I love to do? So I'm excited to talk a little bit about how I got here. I'm so excited to have you. And I know having read everything that you submitted and the conversations we've had so much about your story. So I love hearing that you are doing the work that you're here to do and you're so happy. And I know it's not easy. Having our own business is not easy, but we'll get into that. So take us back to the beginning of your story. Take us back to when you were 33 and what life looked like and what happened with the 2008 crash. Yeah. So 2008, I was living what I thought at the time was my best life. I was a business owner of a home-based business that I had been doing for, at that point, about seven, seven and a half years. I had reached the top position in that company. It was a direct sales company. I was taking three, four, five vacations a year, and I thought it would never end. And obviously, I was clearly not reading the paper enough, I guess. And so (laughs) when the economy tanked, the company that I was partnered with just couldn't withstand it. And so effectively, January of 2009, I got an email that said, today is the last day that our doors are open. And I think I read it about 20 times because I didn't think that that could be real. And it was essentially a death because I had put heart, soul, everything into this business to build this. This was my income. I wasn't doing anything else. And for it to just stop, I didn't really know what to do. And what I did is I think natural. I mourned and I was 
grief stricken and trying to figure out what's the next step, all the while trying to pay bills and do all the things that we have to do. I would say hindsight being what it is, I wish that I had grieved a shorter period of time and pivoted and made some some changes or some decisions sooner. I think that I I stayed in the grief process longer than I really needed to. And so when I was ready to make the next move, some of those opportunities weren't there. And what I mean by that is because it was a direct sales company, if I had found another company to partner with right away, I could have brought many of my team members over with me. And we it wouldn't have been easy, but we could have started over. We had an existing customer base that trusted us, et cetera. And we could have picked up the pieces, but I didn't do that. I I stayed in the grief mode. And so I decided I had to go back and get a job because, you know, a roof over your head and food is important every, you know, every now and again, one likes to eat. And so the next job I took, I don't talk about often. It was probably the worst nine months of my life. It was just something that I did because I felt like I had to do it. It was not a pleasant experience. I worked in a very male-dominated company and the whole, this was pre-Me Too movement, but let me just say, I completely understand the movement based on some of the things that happened there. And quickly got out of that, went back to what I had done previous to having my own business, which was corporate software sales. Can I tell you how boring that is to me? (laughs) Now, it may be exciting for somebody (laughs) else. And so I don't, I'm not poo-pooing it on it for someone else. But it it was not my not my jam. But it paid the bills, right? So I had to do what I had to do. And then eventually I got back into skincare. And that is where my passion is, obviously, given what I do now. And I got a chance to work for some of the top brands in the country as a corporate employee. So I worked for Avon Products. Avon is one of the largest companies in the world. I then worked for Rodan and Fields, which are the doctors who started Proactive. And then they went on to start another billion-dollar brand called Rodan and Fields. And most recently, I worked for a startup company as the VP of sales. And I thought that that VP of sales job was my dream job. I I loved what I was doing. It was a female-owned company, and I loved what I was doing. Unfortunately, in January of 2020, the owner of the company did, did some layoffs, and I was one of those people. So I was, again, disappointed, hurt, what's next? But the lesson that I learned from the first setback those years ago was do not stay in this grief mode too long. And I gave myself the month of February 2020 to be mad and sad and cry and all the things. I did not look for a job because I knew that I wasn't in the right emotional space to show up for a job interview and be my best. So I didn't even do it. I just said, listen, you get the month of February to feel all the feelings, all the things, let them bubble up, let them come out, scream, cry, curse, whatever you need to do. And on March 1st, I said, okay, it's done. You have to move on. And that doesn't mean that all of the feelings were gone. It just meant that I had to force myself to take the next step. And thank God I did because I sent out an email or several emails But one of the emails in particular landed on the desk of a product manufacturer who called me and said, hey, I might have something for you. And honestly, I thought it was a bit of a joke. (laughs) 
He's such a nice guy that I just thought, this isn't real. And he said, listen, I make products and I'm not a marketer, but I've looked at your background and I think that you are. And perhaps we can make a partnership that would work for both of us. And I said, okay, well, why don't you send me the products? So then, of course, my, you know, I'm being a skeptic. And I thought, these products aren't going to be any good. And he sent me the products and I was blown away. And so my first phone call was to my two girlfriends who I had been in that other company in business with them. And I said, hey, listen, I think I found something. And they said the same thing. Let me try the products. Let me see. And by the time we all tried it, we said, we have to do something with this. And ironically enough, I don't believe in coincidences, but none of us were working. Wow. Now we're all MBAs, all have been corporate execs. And through a series of circumstances, the three of us were not working. And so we spent, we launched officially the, our LLC in May, I think it was May of last year. And we spent May through September in the formulation stage, products, branding, you know, all the things that you need to start a company. And on September 21st of 2020, in the middle of COVID pandemic, (laughs) we had the audacity to launch a company and we did it on Facebook Live. We, um, We all have very extensive networks. And so we just tapped initially into our friends and family and on September 21st, Natural Radiant Life was born to the world. So, and it's been eight months or nine, eight or nine months so far. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff in your story. And I love what you shared about grief. I've learned myself after having lost and gone through so much transition, you know, the grief process to really say, okay, I'm going to give myself this space. And even though I know it's going to carry forward with me, I'm going to contain like the heaviest part of it to this. And that's actually really served me well in my journey. So I love that you shared that because grief can be all consuming, especially when we spin out in the story of it, then we stay stuck for a lot longer. So that was, thank you for sharing that. That was very powerful. I would love to go back to 2008 because I'm sure you have learned so much since then, but I would love to hear. When you got that email, when you found out that the partner company was shutting down and how that was going to affect you, had you planned or prepared at all for something like that happening? Not to the extent that it turned out to be. I had always been a saver. My father was always one of those save for a rainy day kind of people. And so I had done that. In hindsight, again, there was, I could have done so much more because I never expected it to end. I was living the life, e- extravagant trips and cars and all the stuff. And so while I did save some, there's a whole lot more I could have done. And, and I recognize that. So the good part is I did save something and I went uh, almost a year, I think it is, before I got that first job. And I had saved enough money to you know, be able to sustain my life for that first year. But I remember saying to my dad, I said, Dad, you always told me to save for a rainy day, but I didn't expect it to rain this long. And he said, yeah, I know. I, I understand that. But at least I had done something. 
But no, I wasn't prepared for that, you know, to the extent of it financially. But I don't think I also wasn't prepared for it emotionally. I wasn't at that point in my life. I hadn't really lost anything that significant. You know, I'd lost like my grandmother who was 95. I mean, you're like, I miss her, but she had lived an amazing life. So that was the first, what I would say, huge loss that I had in my adult life. And that part or that the, the grief of that, I just didn't really know how to handle it. Since then, unfortunately, just because of the loss, but fortunately in terms of learning how to deal with it, you know, I've lost both of my parents. And so now... I understand the process of grief better and understanding that you have to allow yourself to feel it. But to your point, you have to be sure not to be all consumed with all of the thoughts that come with the, you know, the woe is me and why me and why not somebody else and all of that, because those questions aren't fair. You, you can't, my father would always say to me, you can't ask why me when it's bad if you aren't willing to ask why me when it's good. And that is always a reminder, a little bit of a, a gut check for me when things are not going my way. And I want my first thought is, well, why can't I have or why won't? And I go, well, when it when you were winning, you didn't ask that question. Yep. So I don't I try not to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a hugely powerful lesson. What was it like for you to navigate, you know, when these things happen, especially when we don't plan for them, and especially when we go from having that freedom and more control and freedom of time and freedom of choice working for ourselves to losing that very rapidly and unexpectedly to now having to navigate a job market, what was that like for you and how did you balance and, and I don't know if this is the case for you. I know for me, when certain things have happened throughout my career at times, not always, but at times it has kind of impacted my sense of self, especially when iterations of my business have died or have not gone the way I've thought. And I'm, you know, moving through into what's next. It's, there's so much for me that has been wrapped up in my work before. And I'm just curious what that was like for you and how you navigated taking care of your life and your finances while also reorienting to yourself. That's interesting. One of the things that happened first when I took that first job that, you know, I don't really talk about. My initial feeling was almost that I had fallen from grace because I'd had this amazing business, freedom, autonomy. The business was extremely successful to working in an environment where I was literally under someone's thumb, so to speak. And it was extremely difficult to make that transition. And I think it was even more difficult for me than some of my peers because they had worked in that environment before. They had been there for a while. And so I guess they had created a certain amount of acceptance of it. And I was not that person. And so I remember days going to work and just thinking, oh, my goodness, how, how did I get here? And what am I going to do about it? And I knew that it was a stop in the journey. I didn't know what the next stop was, but I knew that was not all there was for me. And so every day I was applying for jobs. Literally, I think I took the job and the next day I start looking for a new job. And so once I got out of that environment, which was toxic, 
and got back into something that I would call, you know, semi-normal. It was more so of how do I get back to what I enjoy? And once I at least got to Avon products as a district sales manager, which is a corporate role, it's almost like having your own little business. I had a district. I was responsible for the representatives in the district. We had sales quotas. So I had my, essentially had my own little business. And that started to bring back the confidence and the my belief in myself because I was hitting goals and, you know, achieving goals. And when I was with Avon, I actually, my first year I was there, I achieved circle of excellence, which is the top 10% of the district sales manager. So of course that was a huge boost to reassuring me that I, I do know what I'm doing and the opportunities will come. And I just have to be patient and continue to look for them. It was not easy. But I think once at least getting back to doing work that I enjoyed, I could focus there as opposed to focusing on the fact that it wasn't my own business because I was at least enjoying the work that I was doing. That makes a lot of sense. And confidence is something that you have mentioned and you mentioned in our intake process as well as really taking a hit to your confidence throughout all of this. And you know, talking about rebuilding it now, what were some of your, if you had any during all this time, all this change, loss, losing your parents and crappy jobs and starting new things and all of it, what was your personal process for just nourishing yourself and your soul and your spirit and self-care and support systems? Like what did you have in place that really supported you? couple things. During this time, I actually started running and I started training for half marathon. Not, it didn't initially start because I wanted to. A friend of mine <laughs> said, you should do this. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, no, you need to do this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I started running and training for half marathons. And what I discovered is running became cathartic for me. If it was a bad day, if it was a bad week, if things may not have been going the right way, either business-wise or even personally, I could go out for a run and come back and feel refreshed and renewed and, okay, I can tackle this thing. I am very fortunate also in that I've got a great support system of friends. So when I lost my my dad in 2011 and then my mom in 2014 i have you know amazing friends who have become family and have taken in and holidays are at their house and so no one is allowing me if you will to sit at home and most recently mother's day one of my friends text me and she said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're coming to my house on Mother's Day. You're not going to sit in the house. And I was like, uh, okay. So <laughs> having that and people who just check on you and make sure you're okay has gotten me through in addition to you know being physically active and all of that. Most recently though, probably in the last year, certainly started with COVID, I have really focused on practicing mindfulness because I am one of those people that's very guilty of overthinking and staying in the what ifs of life in every scenario. 
And we don't live in that space. We live in the moment that we're in currently. This moment that I'm sharing with you right now is, is life. This is the moment. And what happens five minutes from now or five days from now is not happening right now. And what happened five minutes ago is over. And so learning to focus on that, especially as a new business owner, because there's so many unknowns and there's so much stuff that, are they going to like the products? Are they not? Are we going to get the funding? Are we not? Are we going to get the grant? Are we not? But you can't stay in that space or you'll you'll go crazy. (laughs) So learning to practice mindfulness, learning to, um, I use meditation every day. And also just, I have, um, on my computer, it comes from, I think it's Microsoft, but it programs time on my computer to take a break. So it'll remind me for 15 minutes to take a break. And because I work from home, I'll get up and I'll just go walk downstairs. I might take the dog out and just, you know, go breathe. Now that's getting warmer, go outside, get some fresh air and come back and do, do what I have to do. And actually, right before we got on this podcast, I was working outside on the back deck. And I was like, well, that's not going to be conducive to a podcast. I actually (laughs) have to go upstairs to my office. But all of those things combined, I have a group of ladies that we are prayer partners. Every Thursday night, we get on and and we pray for one another. Um, So all of those things combined to help, you know, help me stay balanced. And and at the end of the day, I think that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Mindfulness has been hugely transformational for me, especially during times of upheaval, because you're right, the only moment we have is this, and it's very easy to future trip or have anxiety and the what ifs, like you said, from the past. And all there is, is this moment. And if we can just keep being present and engaging with what is, it just, it makes a world of difference and it makes it a lot easier to navigate like everything as it comes. Thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, on this show, we follow the idea of the hero's journey. And at every point in every journey, there's always a point of death and rebirth. And for some, that's really gut-wrenching and hard and we hit rock bottom. And for others, it's more simple and more subtle. And for you, I know you've had a lot of moments where there was big upheaval and big change and transition and certainly death and rebirth. When you were let go from the job that you thought was your dream position, what was that process like for you? Was it, you know, I I know that you said you gave yourself time to grieve, but what was the internal, again, that reorienting process of everything is changing suddenly and going through a death and also having a life to take care of? And, And probably I would imagine at this point you're familiar with the whole process of death and rebirth, but what, what was it like for you to really navigate that? I think, funny enough, getting angry was part of it for me because I said to myself, I have to do something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And the other thing I realized is I'd had these jobs along the way, Avon and our, uh, Rodan and Fields and this most recent company. And they were, Avon actually was a great job for a while, but they were okay. I never felt like I was my best self. I was good. I was good enough, but I wasn't my best self. 
And so when that happened in the midst of, you know, the uncertainty and upheaval, as you mentioned, there also was a, maybe it's not them, maybe it's me. And maybe there is a calling that I'm ignoring. And that is why this keeps happening to me. And I have a really good friend. And I can't say the exact words that he said because the audience may be PG, but I'll I'll paraphrase (laughs) it for you. He basically said, when are you going to get off your mm and understand (laughs) that there is something better for you and stop doing this, mm -mm," you know, (laughs) so and that's hard to hear. But he's the person that I can go to to give me the truth. He's not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to come from a place of love. But he's going to tell it like it is. And, and my cry back is, I don't know what to do. And he said, then take some time and sit down and figure it out. Stop doing this. He's like, stop running to these companies and giving them your talent. You could do this yourself. But this is before I had the conversation. So I didn't see it. I didn't see where it was going to come from. And so I think that part was frustrating because I knew what I wanted but I just didn't know, I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know where to turn to get it. And so what I did is I have a little whiteboard on my refrigerator and I write quotes or scripture or things that speak to me. And I decided to put a scripture on there about faith. And it's one of my favorites. And it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And I really had to just continue to believe that something would show itself. I didn't know what it was. I never would have guessed it would be a business like this. But I just felt like there's something for me. And I just have to get up every day and do something to move closer toward it. And so that at that time for me was get up, send out some resumes, connect with people on LinkedIn, maybe find some people that are doing something you think you want to do and see if you can set up some meetings. I know a young lady who owns a product company. I asked her, could we go to coffee and just tell me about your journey? How'd you get here? What did you do? And I did. And so it just, I was just doing things every day, trying to figure it out. And I think that that started the ball rolling in terms of moving closer to this destiny, if you will, even though I didn't really know at the time what it was, but I I couldn't sit still and, and just hope that it was going to happen. I had to do something to, you know, bring the universe into alignment, if you will. Absolutely. That is such a powerful model of, you know, a lot in my work, we talk a lot about how to make the impossible happen and live your purpose. And we don't always know what that is or see the path. And so leaning in and following whims is one way to do that. But also, you know, what you described is what I refer to as like opening up the channels and pathways. Like, I don't know what the next thing is. I don't know how what I want is going to come, but I'm going to open up every possible avenue for that. So sending out resumes and emails and meeting with people and just being in conversation and conversation is such a powerful tool for making the impossible happen. Like the more that we're engaged in conversations around what we want, the more likely it is to come. So it's incredible. I love that you did that. Was that just, were you just following what you felt compelled to do? Did anyone model that for you? How did you know to do that? It was more, I think, what I was compelled to do. And again, I know a lot of people. And so I thought to myself, well, what is the purpose of knowing all these people? 
if we can't benefit one another. And so I got on LinkedIn and I would find people that did the job at the time that I thought I wanted to do because I had been a VP of sales. So I said, well, let me go find some VP of sales and talk to them and figure out, you know, what does it look like for them? And then as that was happening, that's when I think the juices started flowing with, well, what about being an entrepreneur again? Like, what could you do? And so that's when I reached out to some people I know who own a company and, you know, I'm like, I'll buy you coffee. Just spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes with me and tell me about what you did. Tell me how you got here. And I think also just I had learned in, you know, sort of my previous life about the power of networking and that it's a two-way street. And so what can I offer you and in, in so that this is mutually beneficial? And for some people, it's, you know, it may be access to people in my network that they couldn't get to otherwise and, and vice versa. So um, it just was something, I think, innate that I felt like I have to figure out how to get wherever this is, not knowing where this, where this is. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said about faith is so powerful too. Was What was it like for you to stay anchored in the faith? I know for me personally, I call it the wobble when I wobble between fear and faith. And, and I really love what you said because fear and faith are the same thing, both belief in the unseen and which one do we want to energize. And what was it like for you to balance between fear and faith? And did you have any kind of wobble? Oh, yeah. Every day. I mean, I still do. You know, (laughs) I I, I still do. I still do. You know, part of what I do and I I do this now is I look back over my life and I look back at the times that were uncertain, the times where I wasn't sure what the next step was going to be. And I am reminded that the next step was presented to me at the right time. And maybe that right time, maybe the time wasn't when I wanted it to happen but it was the right time. And so when I'm having the wobble, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. I'll give you credit for it the first few times, I promise. <laughs> so but when I'm having the wobble, I, I go, okay, you've been here before. Something similar may not be exact, but you've been in a place where you weren't sure what was going to happen and something happened. And, and I'll use a personal example. I've, you know, had a relationship that I very much wanted to materialize into more that came to an end. Um, I didn't want that to happen, but that's what happened. And in the process of grieving that, ironically enough, while I'm trying to build this business, talk about timing, (laughs) I had to remind myself that there had been other losses, you know, relational losses that had come, friendship or, or personal, whatever. And I got over it. I met someone else. I, you know, made a new connection and that one was even better than what had passed. And so I had to rely on that. I, I, I save a lot of quotes that I see and I'll save them on my phone. So when I plug my phone in, the screensaver plays the quotes. And so one of my favorite ones is about if you spend too much time looking at the door that's closed, you'll miss what the window that's open for you. And so I just, I kind of play those things in my head. Sometimes at night, if I'm, you know, I'm fully in the wobble, I just go through my phone and I just keep, I keep reading them and thinking, okay, I've been here. I can do this. This will be okay. And eventually it is maybe not that second, 
but I tell myself that every day. One of my friends said to me the other day, she said, you know, I was having a particularly tough day. And she said, listen, if you can talk yourself into the, the woe is me, then you can talk yourself out of it. So start talking yourself out of it. <laughs> you know, but you need, you, you have to have those people in your life. You have, you cannot have the people who just agree with you all the time and go on the, the woe is me path with you. You cannot have, you have to have the people who will call you on your stuff. And they're like, you're better than this. Stop it right now and get it together. And you're like, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and another thing I do, and, and maybe this will be beneficial to somebody, but again, we have those days, right? You're in the wobble. And I think the worst thing you could do is try to pretend like you're not there. So when I'm having the day, me and two of my friends, we have a 24-hour rule. You set the clock, literally you set the timer on your phone. And you have 24 hours to feel all the feelings and do all the things. And we check in at 24 hours and like one minute. And we're like, okay, time's up. <laughs> Get it together. And that's helpful because, again, it gives you time to feel it. You, you need to feel it, but you can't stay in it. Like, we're not going to stay in this space for a week. You don't get a week. You get 24 hours. And so that's, that has been helpful, too, when you're, you're, you know, I'm in the wobble. I love those. I do some of the same things. I, I save quotes like a maniac. And I have certain books that I read religiously because they really help me anchor back into faith when I need it. And then I'm the same way. Like, okay, you can cry for an hour. You can have a total meltdown about this, and then you're going to get back up. You're going to go figure it out. <laughs> so I love the timer. I've never actually used a timer. I should actually try that. Set it. Let's 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 talk about your amazing company and the fact that you three built this during a wild and chaotic year. I don't want to say all the favorite words for it, but yes, during COVID, what was it like to navigate? starting something new and exciting that you really felt drawn to do while the world was in turmoil? It was challenging, to say the least. And, in you know, 2020 was challenging not only for COVID, but, I'm sorry, you know, there was a lot of social upheaval that was happening in the world as well. And so it was a scary time just in general in life. But I think we all agreed that we had something literally in the palm of our hands that if we did not act on it, we probably would never get it again. And we all recognized the gift that it is. And so we got together on Zoom like the rest of the world and had a conversation and said, listen, what do you want to do? I was doing it. I mean, I'm so grateful they went on the journey with me, but I was absolutely doing it. And they each said, you know, yes, they wanted to be part of it. And there were hiccups along the way. There was, you know, trying to get funding in this time. And that, you know, was a challenge because obviously you need money to start a company. So getting funding and figuring out how we wanted to go to market. The beautiful thing about what happened is because people had to shop online pretty much exclusively for a period of time, yeah. going direct to consumer was a win-win for us. So we never even considered retail because things were shut. So that business model fit in perfectly with what we wanted to do anyway. And then in terms of 
you know, anti-aging products and people are like, well, why would anybody care about that? But think about it. We wear stress on our face. If you're stressing, it shows up in your eyes. It shows up in fine lines. It shows up on your forehead. And so being able to provide people with a way to take care of themselves, even if it's just five minutes in the morning that you use to wash your face and put on some amazing products just so you're, you can put your face on this Zoom for the 500th time, <laughs> then why not? And then what we discovered is we ran into and we were able to help people with this whole new thing called mask knee because people are wearing masks all day. You've got all that hot, humid air that's just recirculating in this mask and people were getting breakouts. And who knew that these products that are clean and vegan and, and organic could help with maskiny? We didn't start the company to tackle maskiny. We sort of <laughs> fell into that. So, um, but amazingly, we fell into it. And so it, it was a wild and crazy ride, to say the least. But I think the sun and the moon and the stars aligned. And even with everything else that 2020 brought, it was miraculous for us. And it is also not lost on me that there was and still is, and as it, my opinion, should have been for a long time, a movement around supporting Black and women-owned businesses in a way that has not been demonstrated previously. And so we are not only a Black-owned company, but a woman exclusively woman-owned company as well. And we were able to get additional notoriety around that. And so all of those things sort of colluded to make this happen for us. Yeah. And you guys have created, you have, the three of you have such amazing energy and you have your Facebook live show. What has it been like to work with your friends for one, but yeah, to, to really lean into a whole new business and share yourself online. And I would just love to hear, I guess my question is really, I'm, I'm trying to ask like three different questions. What has it been like to work with your friends and to do so in such a public way, you know, doing the marketing with all three of you are front and center and doing the Facebook lives and has there been any tension in that? And how have you navigated it? I think because we worked together before and for such a long period of time, I walked into this knowing who each of them, who they are, and just like they know, they know me. And so does working with your friends work for everybody? I would say probably not. But we have a very unique relationship. We can, you know, bicker a little bit. And then two minutes later, we're fine and we're <laughs> laughing and cracking jokes at one another. We all have different strengths and different personality, uh, different personalities. But we know each other and we know where the give and take is. And so that has worked well. In terms of the public part, that part, some days I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of public you have to be because we are the face of the company. So I had to make a sort of strategic decision in terms of what I share because now customers or people want to follow me on Instagram and, you know, stuff like that. And so 
there are parts of my life that are private that I will not post on social. It's just, it's for me. And I want it to stay that way. So, you know, I do post things like I love to play golf. I'm always posting about golf. I love my Peloton. I'm always posting about that or, you know, some silly quote, funny thing, whatever. But um, so, yeah, there's a certain amount of, you know, anonymity, I guess, that you have to be willing to give up. But I also know that you can reserve some stuff for yourself. And that's what what I've opted to do. But I like our Facebook lives. We have fun. We pick topics, you know, you were on as a speaker and this coming Monday, we'll talk about products. We're starting to get more into products and stuff like that. So it's cool. We're going to take a little bit of hiatus. <laughs> we've, been doing it. we've been doing it every Monday for, I don't know, six months now. So yeah. we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. Um, and um, but I celebrate that. Uh, we decided to make our podcast seasons for a similar reason. It was like, okay, we need to slow down and take a beat and really think about what we're doing versus just constantly being in motion on it. Yeah. So that's, um, but it is good. They get a lot of reviews. People watch them on the replay. And so it's, it's fun, but we cut them to 30 minutes. We we are (laughs) 30 minutes. It used to be longer. It's like, oh, it's too long. (laughs) Did you three, I know you all have experience in business and are all three brilliant women. Did you bring on any mentors to help you build this business? Yeah, we do have a a silent partner who is a very successful businessman. And he is uh, certainly a guide kind of behind the scenes. We don't post about him or anything. He's just back there, you know, and (laughs) he's back back there. But while it's just the three of us sort of running the day to day, we've got a great support with accountants and all the pieces, the the web developers and all the things that you need to make something like this happen and to to pull it off. So, yes, we are not egomaniacs and thinking that we know everything, even though, you know, we're all well degreed and all that. But you also it's important to know what you know and what you don't know. And I think, too, because of the experience we lived in with that other company, we definitely didn't want a part two of that. And so where we've got our shortcomings, we're like, let's fill that in with somebody who knows how to do that, where it's just second nature. Now, have we had to wear a lot of hats because it's only the three of us? Absolutely. You know, some days I joke and I'm like, I'm the janitor and, you know, the, the <laughs> C what what am I what do they call me the CIO chief information officer I'm the you know, accountant I'm the secretary I'm the janitor like it, it, you know we have to wear a lot of hats until we can hire more people so I've had to learn a lot of things that I did not know how to do a year ago and it's been some days my brain hurts yeah literally some days I think Absolutely. like brain cells are oozing out of my ear at some yep. days but. You got to do what you got to do. So, Absolutely. I totally get that. I wear a lot of hats still and I've been in business for a long time and it's just, it's what you have to do. Tell us about all of your amazing products, where people can find you, how they can work with you, all that good stuff. Sure. So we are at naturalradiantlife.com. You can find us there. That's our website. All the products are there. On social, Facebook, we are Natural Radiant Life. We kept it real simple. Instagram, (laughs) we are Smart (laughs) Natural Radiant Life. 
We just hired a super social media agency. They're about to put us on Pinterest with all the beautiful boards and pins. I'm super excited about that. So that will be starting in a little bit, a couple weeks, I think. So, but right now, Facebook and Instagram, you absolutely can find us under Natural Radiant Life. As I mentioned before, all of our products are clean, they are organic, they are vegan, and they are unisex. Men always say, is this for men too? Like, you have skin, (laughs) right? It works the same way, yes. So, we have a complete line of anti-aging facial products. We have a wonderful assortment of treatment products. So if you have a cleanser or something you love, but maybe you're looking for something for under eye darkness or puffiness, if you're looking for a vitamin C, that is absolutely my favorite, favorite product in our line. Our Radiant C Serum is amazing. Or if you're looking for a peel, some people are a little scared of the notion of a facial peel. Ours is organic. It's papaya enzymes, so you will not have all the redness and stuff that happens. Or if you're looking for a body, maybe you've got face covered with some other line and that's okay. We can still love on you with your, with our body products, our body lotion. Is that what I sent you? I think I sent you the body lotion. lotion. Uh, It's amazing. So our body lotion is made with organic sweet potatoes, which has retinol. No, it does not smell like sweet potatoes in case anybody's wondering. (laughs) It has a natural retinol, which is great for anti-aging. And then most recently we launched a delicious new line called Radiant Skin, and that has a melon extract. I should mention that all of our products start with a whole food ingredient. So if you look on the products, you will see things like cucumbers and sweet potatoes and oranges and papaya. So everything starts with whole food (laughs) ingredients. And this new line is melon-based. So we took the rinds of cantaloupe, honeydew, and watermelon. And that extract creates this amazing youth molecule that has a name that's like 20 characters and I can't pronounce (laughs) it, so I'm not even going to try. It's on the website. If you go to the website, the name's there. But a body cleanser, a body lotion, and a body exfoliator that I have fallen in love with. I use it every single day. I asked my partner, I said, am I supposed to use this every day? Am I doing too much? (laughs) Literally, I keep it in the shower. I use it every day. And it will keep your skin super soft. So... Body, face, we got some new goodies coming as we circle around to our one-year anniversary, but definitely go to the website. If you are a newbie, when you sign up for our newsletter, you will get a discount for 10% off your first purchase. And in terms of partnering with us, we have a really cool affiliate program. We call our affiliates Glow Getters. And so our affiliates are people who, if you're somebody on social and people follow you and listen to you, definitely consider becoming a glow getter. You will receive a unique URL. So anytime anybody clicks on that and shops, you will earn commission. There's no recruiting involved. None of that. You just share, which is what we do every single day. People talk about things they love every day and don't get paid for it. So talk about something you love and get paid for it and become one of our, one of our glow getters. Awesome. Well, to kind of wrap things up, I always love to end with what is one thing if you could go back to your younger you and maybe that's 33-year-old you or another aged you, but what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself? I would tell my younger self not to doubt myself, to believe in my abilities, to believe in what I know, to believe in what I can do, to believe in what I have to contribute. And to never doubt that because then in not doubting that, 
There are some decisions that I made that I wouldn't have made. And there are some decisions I didn't make that I could have made if I had had a deeper sense of belief in my own self. Absolutely. I love that. That's so powerful. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your journey and all your wisdom. And thank you for the amazing products and bringing them to market and putting them out there. I think it is so cool, your products. I I love the ones you sent me, but also I love that whole foods piece. I don't think I've seen anything like that. It's amazing. And I'm very excited to try more products. So everyone, check out the show notes. We have links to social media and website, but naturalradiantlife.com. And Rhonda, thank you for being here. Stephanie, thank you. This has been truly a pleasure. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that we connected in a networking group that turned into (laughs) all of this. So that's the power of the networking I was talking about. So I am super honored to be on with you. And thank you so much for everything that you do. I've listened to so many of your podcasts and they're just great. So thank you for the work that you you do. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to my signature process for how to make the impossible happen, packaged in a simple, easy to follow workbook that you can implement immediately. Whether you're trying to heal in the aftermath of a challenging chapter, working to uncover your purpose, or going after anything else that feels impossible, you'll learn how to take an entirely different kind of action that goes against much of what you've been taught about manifestation and goal achievement. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.